Welcome guys to the Trying Podcast. My name is Nanini and on this podcast I'll be sharing with you the steps that I'll be taking to try and get over my fears and get out of my comfort zone. Ever since I can remember, I've always been aware of the complexity of my mind. To try and find the words to explain what all this was, young Nanini, by the help of the cartoons she watched, chose to define it as the angel and the devil in her mind, not on her shoulder as she saw on the cartoons. I'm grown now and still fighting this endless battle in my mind. This time around, I decided to record some of these fights. Some might make it as published episodes, um, while some will remain private. So here goes, round one. I've just had like a weird moment thinking it's September 6th on a Monday. Okay, so Sasa. <laughs> I've had ni like ni mekanika In my head I was just my thoughts, yeah, thinking. And then the thought of church came to mind and then the thought of me not having gone to like the church building for years came to mind. And then I was like, okay, I haven't been to the church building, but God hasn't called us to be in the church built as far as I know, right? As much as I know, which is what Jesus says, like, you're not called to be like in a building, like the temple. We're told that we are the church. The church is not the building. The Bible doesn't refer to the church as the building, right? So even when, like, all this name may come to my mind, like how my mind like runs right and then like how the disciples say like in a poll they were like say when they were sending greetings in their letters like say hi greetings to so and so like greetings to the church in the house of so and so greetings to the church in the house of so the church is the people in the house Paul was not saying greetings to the house of so-and-so, the church, the house. It's not greetings to the church, comma, the house of so-and-so. Nah. Greetings to the church in the house. Right? So that's how Nikajambia. No, 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 Satan. You're not going to twist God's words the same way you, you are twisting in the in the beninging. Yeah, in Genesis. Like, did God really say no? So that's how like, mm, no, no, I'm not supposed to feel guilty that I haven't been in a building, you know, and then that, and then that led to this thought after now I've like, you know, it is written, it's actually written that I am the church, my body is the temple, we're told that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, I am the church, right, so I'm like, okay, shetani, boom, blow number one but then okay so i was like mm. and then now that thought went to okay fine if i am the church which part of the body i am i in like because <laughs> there's even this part of the bible i don't remember the verse the new testament that talks about like being part of the body so like if jesus is the head of the body right it's not the church is not a headless chicken you know it's like and i don't need want to demean i'm not saying that to demean that calling the church chicken but like a headless body you know so i'm like okay so jesus is the body and 
then Paul says, like, whichever part you're in, there's no small or big part in that. Like, there's no more part which is more important. So if I'm I'm part of the church and I'm serving, serving as in whatever capacity, like right now, and I'm not talking about like the church building, right? So in my head, even right now, I have to like, what do you mean by serving? So God say in in the place that I'm in, say I'm at home and to serve, we are told to witness, right? To witness to the world in whichever areas that you are at, right? So if I am serving Christ, I'm a part of the body of Christ. I am the church and then there's like the full body, you know? So the finger can itself call itself the church because it's a temple. But also the entire body from the head to the toe is another like it's the it's christ christ himself you know oh this is coming to me right now jesus calls the church the people his disciples jesus calls the church his wife and in the old testament there's a time the time i was reading i don't know which it's not under the sun. Under the sun is Ecclesiastes. It's uh, which Jeremiah? Where? When did I read? Fight the wind? I think the episode Fight the Wind. Donilion get Jeremiah. Uh, okay. Anyway, my point is God. God there in Jeremiah. Nichao. Okay. So back to this now. Okay. Uh, where was I? So in Jeremiah, there's this part where God called himself the husband and calls Israel his wife who is unfaithful. So this is not just an like a, a New Testament thing. If I truly believe Jesus is God, you know, who came and was born on this earth as a human being so as to show me how to live this life and to die for my sins, you know, to be that to 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 pay for my sins once and for all you know so meaning this is the same god in the old testament it's not like version number 2 god version number 2 who is jesus like that's the new testament at its version number 2 no it's the same god right okay so June. That there's a link there, so okay. So Jesus calling himself the husband and calling his church us the body of Christ, human beings, yeah. His believers, those who believe in him as his wife. Oh sorry, I'm belching so much because I'm just from eating. Okay, uh so call him calling and it's four. I'm eating my lunch at four or something, but anyway. Mm, I'm getting distracted. So, so the focus, focus. So, okay. the um, I've linked those two, so that makes sense, right? Okay. So it's not odd when God in the Old Testament calls himself the wife and calls Israel, his chosen people, his wife. And Jesus, it's not, these are, this is the same God. Jesus calling his chosen people, the church, calling the church his wife and him being the husband. Okay. And then... Yes, 
Yes, yes, yes, yes, yes. And we're told that they had... <sighs> so, this is in a link vizuri sana because we're told the husband is the head. The analogy of the husband being the head of the household. Is it the household? As in, in a home. Oh... Oh my gosh, Zinalink say so so that has to do with Jesus. And I think okay, let me Google. Because I think let me first say it, then it's hypothesis and Google. I think at first okay, I'm looking at birds. What? Shetan is this is distraction. Distraction, distraction, focus. My head. Okay, okay, okay. This is so much fun. It's just that there's so much distractions. Okay. Focus. Okay. June, lay out your thoughts. So, God in the Old Testament and Jesus. Same thing. Same person. The same coin. The same God. Okay? Because even their links, this is not the only one, but in right now, even you right now, Umeshikanisha, like, wait, you actually read that God called himself the husband and called his chosen people, Jerusalem, his wife. And then Jesus comes and calls himself the husband and calls his chosen people, the church, his wife. So this is nothing new. Okay. Okay. And then also, this is also linked to why, I think it's Paul, why we are told that the husband is the head of the house. So, is it, does it mean by the house, it doesn't, maybe it has double meaning? The husband is the head of the body. And it's one body. Okay, okay. God tells us that the husband and the wife, when they're married, you know, their union, they become one. One body of which the husband, quote unquote, like the husband struck Christ. No, I'm not, no, okay, okay, happen in America, the husband is Christ. I'm just saying, we're told Christ is the head of the body, which is him is the head and the body, the Christ is his wife. We are the body of Christ, right? right? So in the body, there is a body here. When the husband and a wife, they become one flesh. In my head right now, I don't know if that's in the Bible. Okay, this is the point where I need to make some notes. Let me text myself. Let's see. Husband. Husband. Dash wife. Equals one flesh. One flesh. I need. I'm writing this so that I Google and see if this is actually in the Bible in terms of one flesh. There's one. They become one. I don't know if it says one flesh, but okay. Meaning, by one flesh, let me equal one body. One body. That's what I mean by one flesh. Okay. But what I, the other one. I don't have to Google when it comes to God calling the heart because I read that. Jeremiah, I've, 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 I read that. But is this other thing? 
where I think Paul, I think I also read this one in when I was talking about submitting. Which which episode is that? Which message is that? When I talked about submitting, Submi- right side up, right side up, right side up. I talked about submitting. I'm writing all this down because my in it's it's. And I don't want to be distracted, so I'm just writing it out. Right side up, I talked about submitting. I talked about husband submitting to his wife, uh, husband, sub-wife, and comma. I talked about husband. It's not just me talking about, I was reading in the Bible. Husband being the head of, this is now what I want to look at in that verse, the head of what the house or because something that has come to mind when it comes to the christ being the head of the body and then right down there when that verse when i was reading that verse paul is it paul i think so paul talked about how something about mysteries and he says like i'm actually talking about christ but this also applies to the husband and wife so it's like even when he was talking about husbands submit to your wives, wives submit to your husbands, his context or he was actually it's like um it's like um it's like a that word how Nikama anaitumia like a story that is describing Christ and his wife, the church, the body. Husband stroke. Husband being the head of the house, meaning the house equaling the body. I need to know that. Um, Paul. Paul. Okay. So first, husband, wife equals one flesh. I need to Google that. But I think I found, uh, found, it's First Corinthians chapter 12. I've Googled one body in Christ Bible verse. Okay. Am I still recording? Good. One body in Christ Bible verse. And it has gotten me to the first thing. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Okay. Let me just pause here and go back to what I was. When before the. <laughs> there is something I wanted to say. So, when I was thinking of I haven't gone to church in for a while, and then I started feeling guilty, and then Holy Spirit, Akanembia says, says, remember what you were taught. Remember what God says about you. You are the church. It's not the building, okay? You are the church. Yeah? And... Yeah, anyway, and then that, and then that led to, okay, the body of the church, the body of Christ, and then, and then now the question that I had was, okay, if I'm part of this body of Christ, which part am I, you know? And I think that was, in my head, that was motivated by this thing of, am I important? (gasps) Something has just come to mind. I don't know which disciples. I think they're the brothers. 
James and John, I think so. I'm the one whose mother was like, let my children, let my son sit next to you. Right? Oh, like Jesus, can we be seated next to you in, you know, when you're ruling? Because then they were thinking Jesus was is going to rule in terms of like being a king, right? So anyway, it's that there's that in in I think as a human being, I have that feeling of I need to be important. You know? And also I think there's a part in the Bible where the disciples were asking, I think in the last supper when they were eating, and then they were asking <laughs> Okay, right now, my eyes are all... <laughs> but anyway, June focus. So, they were asking, like, which one of us is greater? So, this is not a new feeling. This is not a new question for me as a human being, as a believer of Christ. But then I should ask myself, I should then question... Jesus told them, what did Jesus answer them when they asked which one is greater? Let me add this to my text. Mm, James and John. James and John. Um, sitting next to Jesus. Sit next to Jesus. Six, sit next to Jesus when he rules. And then to the disciples disciples how do you write disciples disciples autocorrect disciples disciple okay disciples arguing in last supper at in last supper with jesus and i get it last supper who is great the greatest who is the greatest okay 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 i'm writing this down so that when i google i know what to google so i think okay what did jesus what was jesus's reply i need to know that i need to read that so anyway so i this like all these silly could come my head like boom um the church guiltness and then boom Another thought came to mind, like, no, June, remember, you're the church. And then, boom, it came to, like, okay, then which part am I in? Like, all these thoughts, like, and then, and then, and then I remembered the vine. (laughs) So, this is not me. Let me just, this is the Holy Spirit, because all this came to mind. And then the Holy Spirit, Nini, because I believe it's the Holy Spirit, you know? This is how we fight. This is how we fight, June. This is how the Holy Spirit helps you fight this doubt. So, like boom 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 and then it's like the the devil is throwing a dart and then the holy spirit is counterattacking you know it's so fun anyway okay the vine what came to mind is the vine and then in that in that jesus says we need to be attached to him right he god the father is the gardener jesus is the vine and we need to be attached to the vine the same way the branches are attached to the vine right of like wine in like the wine branch i think so right i'm a olives i think the wine the wine the grape vine 
vines whatever it's that analogy that's the word I, I was forgetting when i was thinking about the church and paul and the husband whatever that is analogy so okay so jesus is telling me you for you to be fruitful you need to attach yourself to me this headless chicken situation is a no-no there needs to be my the authority needs to be Christ. Your authority needs to be Christ. You need to be linked to Christ. Oh, there's so much that's coming in right now. Comes to the Bible. Amen. Okay, okay. Um, did you write the vine? Write vine. The vine. The kumbuka. The vine branches. The vine comma branches comma attached comma um okay 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 so ay nanini okay so boom 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 and then and then and then you can figure like okay so which am i which part am i of the body so right now don't link i think i think me asking that question is like i don't want to be like a finger or the nail <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the toenail of the body of Christ. <laughs> the eyelash. Okay, now. Okay, that baby. So, so I was like, when I asked myself, then which part of the body am I? And then I thought of I hope I'm not the least you know and we are told that wait how Jesus was talking about John the Baptist and then like he praised John the Baptist and like he's like the greatest man to ever live I'm paraphrasing and then he said like even the least in the kingdom of God because I wanted to say there's no least in the kingdom of God but I don't know if I'm just saying this is what has come to mind. Jesus saying even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. So text yourself Jesus Jesus dash John the Baptist John the Baptist equals to in brackets Danielewe greater more than which sign is greater than that's one that's the greater one sign no 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 John the Baptist is not greater than anyone yeah uh, least greater John John greater greater than sign this symbol of greater than least in the kingdom of God least in the KK kingdom of God KOG okay turn and get to kingdom of God thanks keyboard is helping me right okay sasa sawa sawa let me just send that before in case ni do a thing that makes me lose all that copy paste okay a new text so sasa 
that one has come to mind let me put it in kwa kona kidogo john the baptist part pause twendele na my thought so the thought process was boom 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 and then i was like oh, which part of the body am i i hope i'm not the least part and the le- the the part that i thought was like that came to mind as the least part is the hair <laughs> i was like oh, i hope i'm not a, like a uh what do you call it? it's not a piece of hair i don't know a thread uh what do you call hair something like i i hope i'm not like a uh what is it is it a thread of hair i hope I, like i'm not the like a strand i hope i'm not a, like a strand of hair in the body of christ but then it's like the devil said actually you are the the strand of hair because what came to mind was like oh, if i'm the strand of hair the hair is made of dead cells ai shetani atatumia everything so it's like it's like in my head this voice in my head is telling me oh yeah actually actually even if you're the part of the body of christ yeah you're the hair you're a strand of hair and guess what a strand of hair is made of dead cells and then it's like boom boom all these thoughts in anikuja boom 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 all at once and then it's like the holy spirit is saying actually <laughs> even if you are the hair <laughs> the hair still grows and i was like it's like now in my human wisdom i was like okay actually yeah the hair grows but and then i started asking wait <laughs> how does i know the hair grows i have hair i am actually in the journey of growing my hair and it has grown sana kwanza and so i i have evidence that hair grows that physically right but then i asked myself how does dead cells grow like june go back to your science that you only saw in high school how does the hair grow if it's made up of dead cells <laughs> and so i googled <laughs> i googled how does hair grow if it's literally me that me that's how i google okay i don't find that it's the perfect words to google no i google my thoughts and then now i go refining refining if it doesn't come out if i don't get the answer like somebody actually answering my specific question i i narrow it down from what i've gotten then i narrow down i look at the words they have used uh, anyway no more things mm. okay so i googled how does hair grow if it's made up of this is actually i've screenshotted how does hair grow if it's made up of dead cells and then this first thing came to mind not the first thing the, the first thing that the first um article that came came to mind is this one that was written in 2016 to i student dot time times of india dot india times dot com anyway so it's like it's saying as the epithelial cells within the follicle and the matrix multiply the older cells are pushed out upwards through your skin they die and harden thus turning into hair or nails as in when it comes to the nails i think now this this article is talking about the dead parts of the body maybe i don't know anyway 
it's saying they die and harden thus turning into hair or nails. This process called keratinization makes your hair and nails grow. So even the nails is made up of dead skin cells, dead cells. Actually, I knew that. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So there is something that is that like the so when I read this, I was like, so the hair is attached. The hair itself is dead. The cells actually, the ones that hardened, right? Turning into hair. They are dead. But what is making this dead thing grow is, is what is attached to it. It's the thing that it's attached to. Okay? So down here, I saw like these other, like people also ask, does hair grow from dead cells? And then the answer was, hair comes from where? And then the answer, tiny blood cells at the base of every follicle feed the hair, feed the hair root to keep it growing. But once the hair is at the skin's surface, the cells within the strand of hair aren't alive anymore. The hair you see on every part of your body contains dead cells. So the part that is making the hair to grow is the root and the root is un is is under the skin. So that then it made sense when it comes to the vine and the branches. I'm not saying the branch is not dead, but it comes when like it it's then made me think of the vine and the branches when I read that. Because Jesus is telling us, which part was that? The vine and the branches. Anyway, from what I can remember, Jesus is telling us, you need to attach yourself to me. If you attach yourself to me, you're going to grow and you'll be more fruitful. So, the hair is growing because of because of what it's attached to. It's not the one that's making itself grow. It's actually made of dead cells. <sighs> so the, the verses that say that we are alive in Christ. <sighs> Man. Sindio, kebu text, 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 text. What is that? Uh, hair equals dead cells equals growth from hair root, which is how do you write which? Which is under the skin under the skin and then equals to the vine and the branches converting to multimedia images okay and the branches equals to alive 
in cups in Christ. Whew. As in, hmm? Okay, okay, okay. So let me pause there when it comes to now thinking. June, from what you have thought, Google, which the verse that talks about uh, one body in Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12. So I turn to First Corinthians chapter 12. And it's First Corinthians chapter 12. Which verse? Which verse? What does it say? Which verse is this? Verse what? Verse 12. Oh, First Corinthians 12, 12. 12, 12. 12 disciples. I'm going to read into it. Okay, okay. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Just as the body interpretation. Okay. Unity and diversity in the body. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit. Ah, because I was asking myself, where does the spirit come in when it comes to the vine and the branches? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when it came to the vine and the branches, Jesus tells us that God the Father is a gardener, the vine dresser. God the Father is a gardener who prunes, right? Or cuts off dead branches. Oh, ooh. I'm thinking dead branches, dead. Okay, okay. Okay, God the Father is a gardener who cuts off dead branches and prunes, you know, the the healthy branches so that it may produce more fruit and and jesus is the vine so i was asking then what role does the holy spirit play in my life then you know so here we are told we are all we hmm, just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body so it is with christ for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Wow. So the only reason I'm in Christ is because of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says that the Holy Spirit leads us to Christ. Ah, and also, Jesus says that no one can come to me Unless the Father sends him to me. I don't remember the exact words. So the Father, unless the Father sends you to me. No one can come to me except, except okay, Google. Not just Google. No one can come to me except. Jesus Bible verse. That's my that's how I Googled it. Hmm. 
let's see if it comes no one can come to me except jesus bible verse okay john 6 44 no one come no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him okay no one can come to me okay it's loading so no one can come to me except if the father draws him right okay no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him so that's one thing what about the holy spirit i mean it's one god right so it's not like they're separate in that this is something else i was thinking but that's not a thought for now <sighs> no it's not a thought for now so i was no i think that that question will lead to that other thought and i don't want to go there right now it's mm. okay so um, let me see if anyone has ever thought of this what role no let me first think it about let me let me try and see if i understand before first see what other people say about it so in first corinthians chapter 12 the holy spirit comes in in that we are baptized in the body of christ by the holy spirit it's because of the holy spirit that we are we form one body for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body we can there's no way that the body of christ can become one not unless by the power of the holy spirit so you can make sense okay any pie so verse 12 just as one body though just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were and we were all given to one we were all given the one spirit to drink. Hmm. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 15. Now, if the foot, <laughs> now if the hair, the strand of hair, now if, apana. Okay. But where am I? Where which battle? What if the foot? Okay. Verse fifteen. Now, if the foot should say, now if the foot should say, because Aliko Mishika, Kakonamanas. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It will not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, 
because I am not an I, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an I, where would the sense of hearing be? So every every part plays its part. Every part of the body has a part to play. Nice. So if the whole body were an I, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where, <laughs> where would the sense of smell be? But if, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted, just as he wanted them to be. This makes me feel good. If they were all one part, where would the body be? There would not be a body in the sense of a body, you know. So verse 20, as it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot, it's like, <laughs> who wrote this? Nepal. <laughs> it's like, in my head, if I am a hair strand, um, do I make any sense? Am I, I hope I'm not a hair strand. <laughs> so he's like going into it. Okay. Because it also plays a part with a question of, like, do I play an important role in the body of Christ? We shouldn't be asking that question. There's no one who is greater in the in Christ. We are all part of one body and each part plays a part. Like the disciples asking like, oh, I need to internet go Google part. What Jesus replied. Let me continue. Verse 21. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. Excuse me. <clears throat> Belt. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Mm. And the part, what has come to my head right now? I've read Verse 22, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And then, because I know this is the negative voice in my head, can you Lisa? Okay, fine. So the hair is not weak, right? What does indispensable mean? Okay, well, let me see another version before I go into this. But that's, I want to say what has come to my mind. Um, what does, uh, all the seem to be weaker and those parts that we think are not worth very much are the ones which we treat with greater care. That's good news. On the contrary, we cannot do without the parts of the body that seem to be weaker. Or indispensable means we cannot do without them. And those parts that we think aren't worth very much are the ones which we treat with greater care. Indispensable. Indispens anyway. Just finish the thoughts, June. So, where is that part? I was in verse 21, right? Okay, so, um, what has come to mind when I was thinking like, okay, even if a part, I see a part being weaker, it's indispensable. And then this thought has come to mind, which I, which to me seems to be a negative one. And I say, oh yeah, so we need the strands of hair. What about those people without hair? <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's like 
the thought has come to my head like so so are the people who don't have like people who are bald or who are not growing hair does it mean that they have one less part like they're missing and you understand like the devil is trying to twist trying to he's trying to twist god's word so they can misunderstand it and you're not going to win you're not going to win the one who is in me which bible verse says that the one who is in me is greater let me google amen than the one who is in the world let me the one who is in me is greater than the one in the world bible verse this is how google bible verses i just ended the thing with bible verse such the one who is in me is greater that's a thing it is written that the one who is in me the holy spirit the spirit of christ yeah the one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world so he, his words are powerful god's words are powerful the devil has no power over the word of god god says that his words will not come back to him empty what's wrong with my net it's slow yeah nanini here yeah so even when the devil is trying even when the devil is trying to to manipulate the words that God is saying it is not going to work you know better now you have God in you nanini the holy spirit is in you so ah yeah what's wrong with my net kanini google come on do not disappoint me this needs to be fast i don't understand why it's so long anyway so so yeah okay first john chapter 4 verse 4 greater is he who is in me first john chapter 4 verse 4 is that it that's the only thing that it says Uh little children you are from God and have overcome and have overcome them who is them Little children you are from God and have overcome them for who is the them For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world I don't have context to understand who this them is Little children you are from god and have overcome them them who are not from god i don't know apostle quick imply things that in your context for knowing that them is so he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world mm, 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 mm. okay totally copy i was i was reading okay so um verse 21 the eye cannot say to the hand i do not need you and the head cannot say to the feet I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Okay. 
and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body. So even that strand of hair to God, it's worth so much. It has greater honor. To me, in the sight of man, because I'm still a human being, I'm still a human being. Right? With my eyes, it might seem weaker, but it's not. The eyes, the, the, the importance, I should not place the, my importance on myself, on my own, um, on me. I should not place my importance on another person. Like, I, like you know, I should not give somebody the right to tell me my value. No, 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 no. My value comes from God. And God values me in a, next, in a way that I even I don't even understand. Yeah? Good. So even June, even if you are the strand of hair, work it, girl. You are attached to the king of kings. You are a child of God. Okay? You understand? Okay. I think I've, I've read Hadi the part that I was talking about. But let me just finish that. Maybe this is something I'll read. And the next time this is a verse I'll, I'll use when the devil tried to attack my, my mind. So verse 25. So that there should not be no division. So that, um, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it. So that there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Other, so that there should be should be no division in the body, comma, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So, in as much as yes, I should value what God values. God is expecting me to be responsible. Meaning, I should not dismiss somebody and say like, ah, oh, you know what, this. This person, yes, they are, they believe in Jesus, but they're not, you know, they're not a par. <laughs> then what was that much? But you know, it's not what I value, but God, you're, you, you're worth it to God. But you know, I don't see it, but you know, you should believe in God. No, I shouldn't be a hypocrite. God tells me that yes, yes, it's for a fact. God values me way more than anybody else will. Right, but also God expects me to value somebody else equally. If my life is worth, worth what? If my life has meaning, then their life has meaning. Every beating heart has a meaning. Wait, what does the meaning of life? What does mm, does? that's a stupid question to ask i wanted to ask does a beating heart mean that i have life yes i think that's why that's why even if people are brain dead their heart is beating right let me google that and if it's then it's illegal to kill a patient whose heart is beating because they are alive 
then it's illegal. That's why abortion is illegal. To God, abortion is wrong because that heart is beating. There's a living being. Right? Let me go see if it's illegal. Um, when somebody... When somebody is brain dead, is their heart still beating? I feel like I'm typing a stupid question, but anyway, still a question. Is their heart still beating? The heart must be pumping blood, right? So that's the heartbeat. If, okay, Himakuja, www.kidney.com. Okay, it's the first thing that has popped up, so okay. If brain death is confirmed, why does an individual's heart continue beating? Question mark. I think now this is the answer. As long as the heart has oxygen, it can continue to work. Mm, mm. So that has... Okay, let me first finish this. The ventilator provides enough oxygen to keep the heart beating for several hours without this oh my gosh this applies to also the movie script that i that i'm writing okay i haven't started writing like i already have the story made down in form of an audio but this is the research that i'll need to do a screenshot okay uh and then let me write on that screenshot all right script script underline save okay uh where am i as long as the oxygen has as the long as the heart as has oxygen it can continue to work the ventilator provides enough oxygen to keep the heart beating for several hours without this artificial help the heart would stop beating huh. can you be brain dead and still breathe in brain death, a mechanical ventilator or a breathing machine breathes for the patient. When the breathing machine is turned off, a patient who is brain dead will not breathe. <sighs> Has anyone come back from brain death? However, no one can recover from brain death. You need bioethics, Yale. If the clinician has any doubt as to whether there can be even minimal recovery, brain death is not declared. A determination of brain death means that the patient has died. Brain death is irreversible. Ooh. How can you tell if someone in brain... All these are like people have also asked these questions. How can you tell if someone is brain dead? If stresses... It stresses three signs doctors must look for. First, the person is in a permanent coma. And the cause of the coma is known. Second, all brainstem reflexes have permanently stopped working. Third, breathing has permanently stopped. So this will actually work for my film. Screenshot from the beginning. Tataranke, let's screenshot all this. This is nice. I have a folder on my phone for this specific movie. I I think you need to draw what it's for. Wow. Okay, so I was making a point saying the heart is beating. 
but the heart is beating because of the ventilator, because of the oxygen, right? And what was my point? What did I mean when I talked about, I was talking about a heartbeat and being alive. Where did I come from? Let me, let me go back on my phone. I was, was talking about, yeah, so there's, but the path, equal concern for each other. What was I talking about? So that I come to, okay, I was talking about the heartbeat and being alive. The, the, that, that life is important. So I was talking about respecting another person's life and treating it equally to mine. Okay. 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 If my life is important, then their life is important. Okay. And then I was link I linked that I talked about that because I'm trying to think. Because because we are told. Ah, nice. But God has put the body together. Okay. Okay. So does brain dead apply in my example? I don't know if it applies. Okay, but even even okay. By brain, when it comes to that analogy, you're brain dead. I don't know if it fully applies, but even God, just because a body is dead, because there's proof in the Bible, just because a body is dead, it doesn't mean it's not important to God. Because Jesus raised a dead body several times, and the other parts that we are told that they're not recorded, these miracles are not recorded, and I don't know. It's who, which of the disciples says said this in the in one of the gospel according to the Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John? One of those, or if it, or is it Acts? I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's in Acts where somebody says like it's written that if like these are just a few of the miracles that were recorded so as to to prove that Jesus is the Messiah, and if every miracle that Jesus did was recorded, it would not even fit in a book. I love that. I love it. It's amazing. That means Jesus met so many people and healed and did so many miracles. So there, so it's obvious that there are so many people who are raised from the dead by Jesus. And I dare say even his disciples. Because Jesus told them, right? Okay, I, I don't think um I don't think that uh it's it's not a possibility. Yeah. The power that is in Christ was given to his disciples, the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Mm, 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 mm. I love this. I love this. So anyway, my point is so that just just because my analogy are the brain being brain dead doesn't mean that to God it's not it's not a, a person a person is not honored you know because even the people who are raised from the dead meant something actually that's a very mean something to God they meant everything to God you know so anyway so God is telling me yes God honors parts of the body that seem to be weak but he also expects me as part of this body as a church as the church as 
a Christ believer, as his child, he expects me to treat others the same way, to honor others, right? Because you're told, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles. Miracles? Which group is this in terms of their apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles? Miracles is a group of gifts of healing or, uh, okay. Anyway, whether he was intending it of, or like being a group of things or just, he was just naming the things that God has put in his body then. So in the body, there are people who have their apostle, who are apostles. Yeah, we are all apostles. Are all apostles? Oh, that's a question down here. Let me read first, right? Because clearly, okay. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then, what I see fourth, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance. Oh, wow. You see all these things are gifts, gifts of helping, gifts of guidance and of, of, and of different kinds of tongues. Verse 29, are all apostles, question mark, are all prophets, question mark, are all teachers, question mark, do all work miracles, question mark, do all have the gifts of healing, question mark, do all speaking tongues, question mark, do all interpret, question mark, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. Which is love, which is love, which is love. And he continues. So I think Nime Soma, that part where when it comes to the body of Christ, there's none which is weaker. Okay? To God, we are all honored. And even God honors more the quote-unquote weaker parts that we think are weaker. Yeah? So yeah, and I, um, let me go back to my questions so husband wife one flesh one body so let me google um husband i'm just going to google that exact thing husband wife one body one flesh and then i finish with bible verse let's see if it comes to something if it's if something pops up And then after that, the question is, right side up, submitting. Oh, these are points. Right side up, submitting, husband and wife. Okay, that's what I talked about. Husband being the head. You need to put this question. Being the head and then the body. Oh, I want to know if that verse says when the husband is the head. If What, what does it say? Is the husband the head of the house or is the husband the head of the body? You know? And because Paul down there was saying, actually, all this analogy I'm giving about... 
um, submission about the husband and the wife and, you know, all that. I'm talking about the church. You know how Christ is the, uh, the head of the church and he's the husband and then the wife is the, ch- the wife, the church is the wife, you know, in terms of that. So Ephesians chapter five, verse, I Googled husband, wife, one body, one flesh. Ephesians chapter five, verse 28 and 29 screenshot. The unity brings so much clarity to Ephesians. So husbands, let me just read from the Bible instead of reading what this person is saying. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28 to 29. Should I? Let me just read this verse. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife. This is why this part says like how like the husband cannot hate his body. Like they are. Daniel who was referring to, because even when I read, okay, focus, John. First, let's read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. So, because there are things that when I was reading that verse, it's in Corinthians. Yeah, so I can. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28. Okay, turns verse 25. Okay, kunapa verse 22. Okay, verse 21. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now I understand when it comes, when I put, when I read this with, what Paul was talking about in terms of Christ being the head and the body. Okay. Yeah. Okay. June. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the savior. It was here all along. Verse 24. Now as the church, the church, and we know the church is the wife, right? Christ is the husband, the church is the wife. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 25. Husbands, Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing this anini, a footnote here, or having cleansed or, or having cleansed her. Okay, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church. Okay. Okay, so here Paul is more is is linking the two peer up when he, when he's talking about husband as Christ and the church as the wife. You know, when he's linking these two ninis together, right? Husbands are not Jesus Christ. 
It's just that it's the analogy that Paul is giving that as Christ is the head of the church, the body of the church. Oh, this is what I was talking about when they become one. Okay, so let me read through so that needs to pause. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. This is, yes, let me just pause there. I need to make this point. Every time I read that, that verse, what comes to mind is the fact that there are people who don't like their bodies. Their husbands, by people, I mean, husbands are people, but in terms of, this is referring specifically to husbands. So there are men, husbands, who do not love their body. So does this verse apply to them? But Paul is not talking about that. I think that's why down here at Asema, like, actually, I'm talking about the church and the cry and Christ. But, okay, this also applies to human husband and wife. Because here, when he talks about, um, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. The bodies here is, it's not the, the husband's body. <laughs> the wife is the body. Because the wife is the church. Okay, I've said it out loud. Let me think through it now. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Having in mind that Christ is the head and the church is the body. The husband being the head and the wives being the body. Then when Paul says in this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. It's husband ought to love their wives as Christ loves the church. Christ loves his body. Not the physical body that he's in that has two holes in his hands. That's not what he's referring to. So husbands here is not that Paul is not talking about the physical body that the man has. If the man is short and he doesn't like how his height, so so I'm not supposed to like my husband a hundred percent. I'm not supposed to love my husband, husband my wife a hundred percent because I don't love myself a hundred percent. No, that's not what that's why I was being held up with this verse. That kind of thing was coming like, mm, I think Paul, Mekwani back then men did not hate themselves. <laughs> I was thinking, Kony, at this time, didn't it cross, didn't it cross Paul's mind that there are some people who don't like how they look? <laughs> or maybe like something has happened to them, like physically, you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, you know. So that is, I was, I was, I was nilikwana na put my own words in Paul's mouth. Ew, that's disgusting. But I was implying my own things. Like I was reading into it. So with the understanding of Christ and the church, his body, his wife, Christ is the husband. God from the very beginning 
calling his chosen people, his wife, you know, and him, him being the husband who would eventually go ahead to die for them. His love is so great that he would give up his life. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's amazing. So now I understand when in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Where The wives is the bodies here. Husbands. Okay. Ama. In plural. That's why the bodies here echo in plural. Husbands ought to love their wives. Otherwise, another way of saying this is removing the plural and putting it in, in, in like singular tense. In a singular nini, which is the same thing in, this, in verse 28. In the same way, a husband ought to love his wife as his own body. Same thing. We're talking about the body, the church. We're not talking about the physical body. I get this now. I feel so good. So the question that I was, I wanted to see if it's talking about one flesh. So and that makes every sense. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So the house equals the body, Paul. Husband being the head of the house, a mother body. nimesoma. So tick. This other part is like when the two become one, you know, like when it talks about maybe like, uh, maybe in the act of sex or even more than that. Cause, but mostly we are from what have grown up being taught, you know, is that when the, when, um, to God, the act of sex is the contract is like making that is like the contract of marriage so it's not like when somebody doesn't have a ceremony and and doesn't wear the traditional dress or doesn't have the traditional ceremonies or doesn't wear the white dress and the tuxedo then god doesn't count that as a marriage or if people don't sign that contract you know like that contract, physical contract, then it's not legally a marriage to God. No, God's ways are not our ways. I think what I've grown up being told, of which from what I've read, it is part of the Bible, but I'm trying to see if there's more to this. So I've grown up being told that the act of sex to God, because it's supposed to be within marriage only, so the act of sex is is the signing of the marriage contract. And so that's when I had like, when the two become one, you know, it's like saying, when y'all have sex, you know, you're becoming one flesh. So that's the context that I have with that, that nini, whichever that text is, but wherever I've had it, maybe in Genesis, like Adam and Eve, they became one, they knew each other. There's also that term. And he knew his wife. And so-and-so knew so-and-so. And they became one or something like that. There's that new thing. K-N-E-W. So that's also like the word that is used for like when they slept together, when they had sex. And so my point is, 
I want to know if when the husband and wife become one, does it say one flesh? Because if it says one, if it, if, even if it doesn't say one flesh and in the original text, it implies one text, like that's what God is saying, like one flesh, that's what God is saying. Then this also makes very, like it links, like it joins Kamaka puzzle perfectly with the point of Christ, the body of Christ becoming like, mm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, husband, the head, the body, they become one. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, it's like loading, loading, loading. So mm, let's see, the husband and the wife become one. Can I just Google? Let me just Google and see if it's in Akujaiva. Husband and wife become one bible verse bible verse let's see because if it does say that or if it does imply that i think i was looking at naive perspective ya kusema like imagine many potter i don't i don't know where i was going with that in as much as we i'm talking about the body of christ in terms of one being one I don't know. I don't know. But let's see. There's no harm in reading the verse anyway. But I want to see if it says it becomes one flesh. Because that's the first text I sent to myself and now I've forgotten. <laughs> this is the reason why I text myself these things or I record. Because the thought, my thought process is in a potanga. I get lost in my own thoughts. So husband, I wrote husband dash wife equals one flesh equals one body. And then right down there, I wrote right side up equals submitting equals husband submitting to wife. Husband being the head in brackets, the house equals the body. <laughs> Paul, I understand these are the things, what I meant, but up I So if one flesh equals one body, how did I link that to one body? Yeah, Christ, because Christ, the wife is the body. The Christ, Christ, the wife is the church. In, it is in, with the analogy, you know, husband equals Christ with the analogy. And then wife equals the church with the analogy. The church is the body. And then the wife is the head. The husband, the church, like Christ is the head. So I don't know if it's. What is up with my data i don't understand it was very very fast i mean it's because anyway wow it's one hour later and actually at in two minutes time i have a show that i watch and i'm not going to miss it so let's see let's see it's 5 58 right now and i don't know why my data is misbehaving right now so I think if I answer this part, I love these GIFs, the Google GIFs. Okay. Okay, Tumekuja. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. 
Ah, uh, nimesoma. Okay, it's Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his wife. No, no. What am I reading? Genesis chapter 2 verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. <laughs> I'm laughing but I don't know what I meant in the beginning. Like what did I Okay, so it does say one flesh. Sendio. But so husband wife equals one flesh equals one body. So if the husband and the wife they're one body. So the has hmm. So even when I was talking about the husband when what when we, the husband and he like it's not okay. So even this applies here. I think it also applies here. But it's not the physical, physical body. Like all in all, it's we're not so yeah. Okay. In the in Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-eight, in the same way, the one that I was talking about, in the same before, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Yes. The part here bodies. And this is just me, right? If somebody who has actually done this my research and stuff like that tells me actually jen i think you're wrong yeah no sorry <laughs> to the ends of time people have not thought like that i'm sorry now it's fine i'll listen to them but this is what makes sense to me right now and from now on you know i will look for people who have actually done the research and i and you know and have studied it and all those my things and then i'll see But since the Holy Spirit is in me, I should trust. I should trust that he's guiding me to find the answer. You know? He's guiding me to understand his word, so I should also not look down on my thoughts. <sighs> okay? Okay. So, Shatani, please. Yeah? Please. The one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. So I should not doubt. I should not doubt. I am studying and I'll forever be studying the word of God. There's no way I'll wake up and say, "Got it. Got him." <laughs> like I've understood everything, never ever. And there's no one single human being, well apart from Christ, who is living now in terms of this world. There's no one single human being who will forever understand everything okay that's why we need god that's a pep talk to myself okay so my thought process now as of now in ephesians chapter 5 verse 28 in this same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies so yes i was talking about when their own bodies it's referring to the church you know as christ loves the church his body the church not the physical body with holes so i was talking about husbands not it's not referring to like because you love your tall slender self then you should love your husband because you love your capot belly with with your chin so the same way you love yourself you should love the your your wife um, i know you love yourself 60% of the time so 60% of the time that's the that's the range that's the percentage of how you should love no 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 no. We're not referring to the physical body, we're referring to the church. But also now, when it comes to husband and wife become one flesh. So the your unity 
you are one flesh. So the same way you love yourself. Does that make sense? I think that's where I'm at right now. They become one body. So when the way you love yourself is the same way you should. I don't know. If I don't know. I don't know if that thread come unravel, but that's a good thought anyway to have. The two become one flesh. What is this? Surprise, surprise. It's September. September 12th. <laughs> yeah. And I want, I realized that that recording didn't continue recording. It stopped at that point. What is this? That point. That's when I somehow paused it and I didn't realize I had paused it. So no, it's not, it's not a pause. I had stopped it. So I just want to finish that thought. Right. I remember I went on for another 20 minutes, but I think to just sum it up, because at least now I have thought it through, I'll just finish. <laughs> the what is it? I'll answer the what is this question as far as I understand now. So this being, is it six days after September 6th? No, it's 12th anyway. So I was reading Ephesians chapter 5 verse 28. And then I, after reading now, eventually saying, okay, June, stop posing, just read the entire verse. I realized actually that Genesis verse, when it talks about the two shall become one flesh, it's actually quoted here again by Paul in verse 31. So if only I had actually continued reading the verse... <laughs> Instead of pausing, I could have seen it down there, literally, some verses below. But I think it's also important, Ville. It helps, you know. Um, yes, I wouldn't have known it's Genesis because right now it doesn't have that. Uh, it doesn't have this. Uh, it's the NS NASB translation. It doesn't have that Kanini showing me that. Paul has quoted from Genesis, but I don't think I would have really understood if I just read it down here and it's like, oh, it's right here, blah, blah, blah. So I think the mumbling and stuff, it helped me. So, okay, let me just finish. So it's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 28. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. So my underlining here is own bodies. Like It's not underlined. I'm going to bold out in my head. I'm bolding this, these words. Own bodies. It's in bold. And himself. Himself. He who loves his own wife loves himself. So own bodies and himself is bolded. Okay. Verse 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, own flesh, bolded, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. Verse 31. For this reason, this is in caps, this nini, this translation has this part in caps. For this reason, a man shall leave his wife and mother and shall be joined to his wife 
and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see, must see to it that she respects her husband. So from my understanding, Paul was using the husband and wife analogy to refer to the church and Christ. But that's why he's saying here, okay, nevertheless, even though I was, I was talking about the Christ and the church and I was talking about the husband and the wife, nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Show you, so... Yeah. So anyway, for just so that I conclude my thought processing in Likwanayo, verse 31 tells me <laughs> that the two shall become one flesh. So my entire point when I texted myself, I texted husband dash wife equals one flesh, one body. So now my understanding right now is when the husband and the wife know each other, quotes, when they become one flesh they are one body yeah so my thought process when it came to one flesh one body is confirmed when even right here in verse 31 paul has quoted that exact that exact verse meaning that i was on the right path when when i when that when that verse came to mind that genesis verse came to mind and what i meant when, when I wrote husband, wife equals one flesh, one body, is that when Paul talks about, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. The bolded parts that I bolded, own bodies, loves himself, his own flesh. Paul here is referring to the two becoming one flesh. Paul is referring to this one flesh, not the individual husband's body, but the two becoming one flesh. So this one flesh, you see, these are two bodies becoming one flesh. But they, of course, they're not merging in the physical reality. So I think even that's why Paul in verse 32 says, this, is, this mystery is great. <laughs> so the fact that God sees a husband and a wife as one flesh, he, he sees it in his own, he has, has his own way of seeing it. It's an honor. So to God, even though to me, I don't see, it's not like we have become, is it con, conjoined, conjoined twins or whatever? It's not like we have become one human flesh, one physical flesh. To God, we are one flesh. Now, whatever flesh means to God, I don't know. But we have become one. Maybe it's like our souls are tied together or we are somehow linked as one. It's like we have gone back to the original Adam body. Wow, this has come to mind right now. It's like, you see, when Adam, the human, existed before God formed the wife from Adam's um, rib or whatever side, we are told that God said, let us make man in our own image. And in the image of God, God created him. And then later it says God created them. I don't have that verse right now. So my point is, 
in the beginning, <laughs> Adam, Adam, the human, Adam was one and Eve was somehow in Adam, but not physically, was somehow Eve, because Eve came from Adam. Eve did not come from the ground like Adam. Adam was formed from the ground, dust, mud, whatever, you know. But then God did not go back to the mud to create Eve. God took Eve from Adam. So somehow God is telling us when the, either it's through the act of sex or, because that's the one thing from the entire book of the Bible, like the, from the Bible to becoming one is husband and wife knowing each other, having sex. It's not like when they are, um, it's not just like the act of saying, hey, you and you are husband, we're playing cha mama and cha baba. And so ati, the children have become one flesh. No. It's not faking it. Oh, I, I want you to pretend to be my husband today so that I can do whatever, whatever, you know, maybe so that I can get somebody off my, my radar or whatever. To the act that we are pretending to be husband and wife, then we have become one flesh. No, to God, the act of sex does something in this. I want to say spiritual realm or, but I don't know if it's the spiritual or it's, I don't know. I don't have words for that. So there's something that that act does to human beings that joins them together. I don't know. And I don't think um, it's not like it's evident, like when people have sex, like, oh, we have become one. I can feel it. <laughs> no, to us, we, we somehow don't understand that. But to God, there's a union that has happened. That is not physical. So I think that's what I wanted. That's that's my entire explanation when I meant like husband, wife equals one body, one flesh. And that's why I was saying um, this guy. Where was I? Uh, 31. Yeah, that's why I was. So Paul was not referring when when he was talking about husbands becoming loving uh, their wives as their own flesh. And then comparing that to Christ, um, who is who's the husband, and then his wife is the church, his body. Those two, that's the analogy that Paul is using. But so, so when it came, when Ilifikiria, when and then it came to my mind like, oh, the Bible also talks about husband and wife becoming one flesh. So, and then Paul in verse 31, for this reason, a man, a man shall leave his, his, his father and mother and shall be joined to his, joined. You see, there's this, shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So, yeah. Okay. So, I think I've just, <laughs> it's like I, I was wrapping the entire thing. I'm just, I've just wrapped it up. So, it has taken 10 minutes. Yeah. So, that's good. Yeah, so when Paul talks about the husband loving the wives as their own flesh, as their own body, he is referring to this one flesh that God is talking about, the husband and wife becoming one flesh. It's like them going back to the original Adam who is is in one form somehow, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking if I finished my thought process when I was thinking about Eve and Adam. Yeah, so let me see if I can. It's, I don't know. It's Genesis chapter. Chapter what? Genesis chapter. Let me see. It's chapter one. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. God created man in his own image. Okay. So Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over the, all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. Verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, that is Adam, the one who was created from mud. Male and female, he created them. So, this them is referring to male and female, right? This is after, even even though Eve came from Adam, he, like she didn't come from the ground, God is saying even her, the female is also made in my image. Okay, that's nice. So, I want to see when when it's talking about God forming Adam. And then the creation of man and woman, that's the heaven and earth. God blessed the seventh day and the accounts. The mist, the Lord formed man from dust. Okay. Genesis chapter 2, verse 6. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man, this is Adam, of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being the lord planted a garden towards eden blah 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 la 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 verse 18 then the lord god said it is not good for the man for adam the being the living being to be alone i will make a helper suitable for him out of the ground, the Lord for the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird, and brought them to a man to see. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Verse twenty one. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to form upon the man, this Adam man, living being, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs, and closed like and closed up the flesh at that place. So he took a side of Adam, a part of Adam, right? Verse 22, the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib, which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Beautiful cactus flower, beautiful. So that's it. That is my understanding so far of this verse. 
um efficient i had lost it efficient so is efficient new testament Ephesians chapter 5 verse verse 31 from anyway it's from verse 25 Ephesians 5:25 Let me read it now entirely and then I'll conclude Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 Wives mm, let me read NIV version Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 no verse 21 let me start from verse 22 <laughs> Ephesians 5:21 submit to one another out of reverence for Christ wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior now as the church submits to Christ so also wives should submit to their husband in everything husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless In this same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery but but I am talking about Christ and the church however each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband so yeah there's this part where that came to mind when when in verse 23 verse 20 yeah verse 25 Husband love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word now okay verse 27 and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless something that came to mind um on this date like September 6th and also right now is in my head I won't google I won't go into this but I'm just going to push out there so that next time I look into it. I think there's a verse in the Bible that tells us like as the body of Christ we will be presented to God as a sacrifice a holy sacrifice because we are the church. Verse 27 is saying and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless so there's that thing that came to mind so let me put it aside right i filed that away so it's to be needed later so i think that's it so let me just wrap it up so in the beginning of my thought process when i thought like okay um 
I'm feeling guilty that I haven't been to the physical um, building, church building. And then the Holy Spirit brought to my attention, actually, I am in you because you are the temple of God. Okay, so you are the church. You, you, you are the church. And you plus other another church and another church, another human body, you know, who believes in Christ, who is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you plus you plus you plus you plus you plus you plus you make up the entire body of Christ. Okay, so we are part of that body of Christ. As individual churches, we form one human church, you know, through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. And from that, I thought through the vine and the branches and the vine dresser and then all that, all that, all that. And then it came to mind, oh my God, I hope I am not the least when it comes to the body of Christ. And then I thought of, oh yeah, I thought about the disciples saying like, oh my God, who is the greatest in your kingdom? You know, and I have that actually. I have that verse. I've screenshotted it right now. So let me read it. It's because in the previous recording, this same recording, but anyway, September 6th, I was like, I need to look into that. What was Jesus' answer? So it's Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. At the time the at that time the disciples came to Jesus and, and said, Who then is the is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So you'll not even be part of my body. Not unless you become like a child. Now, he's explaining now. Verse 4. Whoever then humbles himself as this child. So my question, okay, so how am I supposed to be like a child? Humble yourself. Okay. Verse 4, whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy milestone hung around his neck. Oof. And be drowned in the depth of the sea. So Jesus is saying the same way um, Paul talks about God seeing um, every single human who makes up the body of Christ as equal. And tells, tells us we should not look down on somebody just because to us they are weaker. To God, to us they might seem weaker, but to God they are greatly honored. You know, So Jesus is saying... Um, in verse 5, and whoever receives one, one child in my name receives me. <sighs> so you are in my kingdom when you are as humble as a child. So if somebody else who humbles themselves and they receive me and, you know, they believe in me, so they're in my kingdom. So when you receive them, you're receiving me. Wow. So we are all part of one body, the body of Christ. We should not look down on anyone who is in that body. And we should not um, dismiss anyone. Because if we do, remember, even when you are, you are a branch 
wow even when you are it's coming to my head right now thank you holy spirit even when you are a branch who's attached to the vine remember there are the vine dresser can also cut off a dead branch oh my goodness wow <gasps> yeah so jesus is saying you will become the dead branch if you make any of my children stumble anyone who comes to me anyone who is part of my body yeah and even you you are part of that body but if you think that you're somehow greater and then you make one of a part of my body stumble verse 6 but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea and then he continues you know what jesus says about this stumbling what does it mean when i cause someone to stumble so verse 7 it explains war to the world because of its stumbling blocks for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come but war to that man whom through whom the stumbling block comes it's like oh my gosh nashkanisha sai it's like judas Judas was a stumbling block. And the world in in brackets greed was a stumbling block to Judas. And even the fact that he didn't actually realize that Jesus was God. You know, he didn't have that revelation that Jesus was God, the Messiah. It's like to him Jesus was just another prophet who claimed to be the Messiah. That's why it was so easy for him to like to betray Jesus. So I think even here Jesus is somehow talking about Judas and other Judases. <gasps> Judas was part of the disciples, the 12 disciples. Judas was part of the body of Christ but became a dead branch and caused others to st- Oh my goodness. It's all linked. It's <laughs> I sound like one of those people like it's all connected. <laughs> but it is it is it's one word it's the, it jesus is the living it's one the bible is one right god is one as in the bible is not god i'm just saying it's the word of god so it shouldn't be a surprise to me that it makes sense and it's all linked well from ephesians and now this is matthew different others and it makes sense and these are the words of jesus actually this is jesus who's speaking verse 7 Matthew chapter 18 verse 7 woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks like greed when it comes to Judas for it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come yes June you will be faced with a stumbling block named greed okay but woe to that man through whom the stumbling block comes you know like Judas or even you can be another Judas June if you if you if you're not aware of your actions how you treat others if you're not aware of who you are in Christ and if you're not aware you should it should come as a revelation to you that other people have value to God okay it's not only you so verse 8 Matthew chapter 18 verse 8 if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble cut it off like that dead branch oh my goodness and throw it from you It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into entire and to eternal fire. So of course, yeah, 
Jesus is not talking about you actually cutting off a physical part of your arm. Jesus is talking about these things that you're attached to, June. Okay? Like that thought came to mind. Like, oh my God, I hope I'm not a strand of hair in the kingdom. That is, that is pride. You are attached to some to pride. Like, it's like, oh, Jesus is actually answering the disciples right now. The disciples are showing a part of themselves, like a prideful part of themselves when they ask, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So Jesus, all, all this Jesus is not just at saying, Jesus is answering them. This pride, this stumbling, blah, 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 this stumbling block called pride, you need to cut it off. Verse 8, if your hand or your foot, ex example, greed or pride, causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. Remove that brick from you, right? Because you're being built brick by brick by brick. Let Jesus pull out that brick from you, okay? Okay. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into the internal to the eternal fire if your eye causes you to stumble pluck it out and throw it from you it is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be cast into fiery hell verse 10 see that you do not despise one of these little ones remember one, those who are part of the body of Christ. See that you do not despise one of them. And even Jesus, he is also referring to the disciples. See that you also don't despise another disciple. Yeah? Don't despise any of these 12 or any of the other 72 that are part of my kingdom. No one is greater, aka, here is Jesus is saying them, let it be clear, no one is greater. You're not greater than another person. Okay. Okay. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my father who is in heaven. For the son of man has come to save that which was lost. Whew. Okay. And, and Jesus is continuing. Um... It, there's a continuation, but I'm not going to read that right now. But that's amazing. Ah, that's nice. Okay, I think this is enough now. <laughs> I think I've summed it up. And if there are any loose ends, I'm not, my brain is still working, so I'll continue thinking. So yeah, um, I decided to be doing this, to be recording these thought processes, this quote-unquote mini bible studies i have with myself when a thought comes so it's not like i sit down and i actually plan a time or a day when i'll be doing this but to be honest i think i want to start doing a scheduled bible study in the morning so that i have a routine even though i'm not a fan of routines it's very helpful nanini okay something might not be um you might not enjoy doing something but some things that you don't enjoy are also helpful, okay? Just because you don't enjoy chewing doesn't mean you don't enjoy the food. And the food is not nourishing your body. So there are some things that are necessary. So a routine, a, a routine that is not at a... 
You're not relying on your actions to to give you value. No, you're not re- you're not relying on the routine. The routine is just helping you take a step at a time. Okay? Yeah. So, it's important. So I think I'll 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 go back to my routine when I was studying a verse a day mm, or something. I was studying every day at least. So so that plus these other thoughts that come to mind that that the Holy Spirit um guides me and brings the word to me and I have to Google and all that. These are also Bible studies and it's life. I'll always until I let out my last breath. I'll always be having these studies. So I think it's important that I record them. Because sometimes when I listen back to a recording I did, it's it's a learning lesson. It helps it stick more in my head. So some of them, not all of them, because my gosh, no. My, no. <laughs> it's like recording my entire thoughts. So no. So, but I'll be recording some of these, some of them. And I think, I think I haven't finalized this as something that will actually happen, but I think some of these thoughts, stroke Bible studies will become podcast episodes. I think that idea it's not really an idea, but that that came to mind um, during this week. Like, between the time I recorded this and now, the six days, that thought came to mind. Like, this should, some of these record, recordings should be part of the episodes. So then, the thing... One thing I like about them is I don't have to like go to the room and prepare the sound proofing thingy that I usually do because I can record right now. I'm recording. I'm not recording in the room. I mean, somewhere in the house, but I'm not recording in the room. Um, the previous recording, the the beginning of this entire thing, because I will shikanisha them. Um, I was recording in the living room, so. I enjoy I enjoyed that act of just recording from anywhere but I realized that the sound might be different so I don't know when I choose to record my thought process when I feel like okay this is something junior might want to record I'll try to be in a location where the sound will at least be audible but anyway I don't want to think much about that but it's important. But I don't want to think through that right now. So anyway, okay, bye. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, bye. Oh, I'm back. Um, I think after this, these things, I'll be, I'll be praying after one of these Bible thought study things. Because I did that last time when I realized that it it was i had stopped recording um after september 6th the begin- when i started this entire thing anyway um i did that and it felt really good 
So I'm going to be doing that. So I'll do that now. Thank you, God, for this chance to get into your words. And thank you for bringing understanding. Thank you for your patience. Thank you that you don't judge me. Um, and you have given me time to understand your word. And I'm in no hurry. You, it's not, you're not rushing me. You know, it's like, oh, you should have understood this when you were this old. <laughs> you understand me. Thank you that your presence is here with me. You are in me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being close to me. Thank you that you're fighting for me. Even when the devil tries to bring doubt in my mind, when the devil tries to treat, to twist your word, when the devil tries to bring confusion in my mind. Thank you that you're always there to fight back those fiery darts that the devil is throwing at me. You've told me to put on the armor, your armor, God, and the helmet of salvation. Through salvation, I have righteousness. Thank you, God. I am made right with you. I should remember that. The belt of truth, right? It's the belt of, belt of truth. Yeah? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So as long as I'm following you, Jesus, I am... Like a... I don't know. Does a, a belt... Like a belt holds together. I'm held together tightly. I am I am strengthened. I am I am tied in you, in your truth. You know? The shoes of good news, the good news of peace. Because even through these Bible studies, I have gained peace. The Bible study. I've gotten understanding and it, that understanding has, has brought peace. My mind is at peace. I'm, not long, I'm no longer struggling with doubts when it comes to this specific word and who I am in your kingdom. You value me. I've also, I'm also holding the shield of faith. And using my faith. And my trust is in you. My faith is in you, Jesus. That's helping me 
to block these fiery darts that the devil is throwing. And even the devil is also throwing darts in through my thoughts. And thank you God for the helmet of salvation. My mind is protected. My mind is protected. You have brought peace to my mind. You have told me to take heart. Jesus told me to not worry. My mind and my heart to have peace. Thank you. I think there's something else. The armor. What else comes? There's the belt of truth. There's the helmet of salvation. There's the shoes of good news. There's a shield of salvation. The bracelet of righteousness. Thank you, God. I am it right with you. And oh yeah, the sword. Amen. It is written. That's my sword. Your word is my sword. The sword uh, of the word of God. Senor, your word is my sword. You're told that the your word is like a double-edged sword that cuts through the soul and the spirit. It's able to cut your word. It's, it cuts deep down. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. <sighs> this is nice. This is nice. Thanks. Thanks, God. This is nice. And may you continue guiding me, guiding my thoughts. May you always bring into remembrance the words of Jesus, his teachings. Thank you because you're not, you're not expecting me to be perfect, God. You're not expecting me to be perfect. And help me to not to not um, stress myself and place expectations that you have not placed on me. I don't want to to start looking down on myself when I stumble. Help me to avoid the stumbling blocks. And even when I stumble, Holy Spirit, help me to cut off that dead branch that is not in line with the life that you want me to live. And let me understand that, all, that even when sometimes it feels like a dead branch is being cut off, Sometimes it's just you, God, pruning me. It's just you pruning me. <laughs> what has come to mind is like how people, um, the, the eyebrows, like <laughs> someone with like, like a bushy eyebrows and then like they trim the eyebrows. <laughs> so in as much as I'm losing strands of, eyebrow hair eyelashes no eyebrow i'm being trimmed <laughs> Ay, that's funny but anyway anyway i think it's time for me to do something now so thanks god it's i'm praying all this trusting and believing in jesus in his mighty name
Amen. This is a battle I'm constantly fighting, but I'm not alone. I have a helper who will never leave me. So all I have to do now is keep trying. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the fourth batch of trials. Hopefully you'll be joining me every Tuesday for new episodes of the Trying Podcast. Stay safe, guys. Bye. Thank you.